I will be reading from Hebrews, second chapter, 5 through 9. For he did not subject to the angels the world to come, concentrating where we are speaking. But one has testified, some were saying, that man, though remembrance of him, or son of man, thou considered about him. Those have made him for a little while, lowered them than the angels, and thou hast crowned him with glory and honor, and hast appointed him over works of they of thy hand. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjection all things to him, he felt nothing that was not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subject to him. But he, but we do see him who has been made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Well, Tim's been uh, sick this week. I think it's been a rough week for him, so he asked me to fill in. Uh, they said he had the plague or something. I'm, I'm sure he's better now. Contagious? I'm sure it's fine. So if you want to give him a hug, I, I think he would appreciate that, and we're glad he's, he's with us. Uh, we're not going to have any slides tonight. We're going to do it the way Jesus did, just minus the miracles, uh, so follow along. Now, I want to ask you this question. Why... Are you here? You want to make it more personal? Why, why am I here? And I don't just mean literally sitting here. I mean, why, why do we exist? I don't know if you woke up this morning and you're sipping your cup of coffee. You know, why did God create me? But, but in a sense, we kind of think about that. We, we ask that differently throughout our day to day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at OC teaching, college students are trying to decide what they majoring in. That's part of what you're trying to figure out. What does God want me to do? Do I marry, not marry? Do I take this job, not take this job, leave, live here, move there, go to this congregation, that congregation? Those are all choices you're trying to make because you understand your time is limited, your resources are limited, and you want to make choices that matter. Right, that last. That's the same question, really. Why am I here? The psalmist in chapter 8, verse 4 and 6, uh, what was just read is from Hebrews, and the writer of Hebrews quotes this psalm, Psalm chapter 8. And in the psalm, the, the psalmist is, is kind of contemplating nature. I don't know, during the day or night. But he's looking at the stars and the mountains and maybe the sun and the trees. And he says, 
God, who am I in comparison to all this? I am insignificant, is the idea. And then he asked, why do you even care? Why do you care about me and why do you care about the children, my humanity? You ever feel insignificant? Like it really doesn't matter? Are you just kind of going in and out, day to day? Not sure your life is really, you know, you're not famous, you're not rich, you're not well known. Does it matter? Well, that's what we're going to look at. That's what we're going to look at. We're going to, we're going to come back to Hebrews uh, here in just a little bit, but I, I want to walk us there. So, first, I, I'm teaching... This last semester I taught at OC, Story of the Old Testament. I've taught that several times. You know, inevitably start in Genesis. And, uh, and then, but it wasn't until we started Hebrews that connects with Genesis on the points I'm going to make today that it dawned on me something that I had read over many, 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 many times but had never made sense or never really caught my attention and that's what I want to talk to you about today is why am I here? And it, and it kind of answers that question. So let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. If you're following, if you're going to take notes, we're going to fill in the blank here in just a second. Genesis chapter 1. You, you've, you've read this. You've heard this many times. God's creating the world and, and it was a world of multiple gods, of many gods. And, and so there was all these creation stories back then. And often there were gods were petty and cruel and creation was a byproduct of some fight between the gods over some goddess or something. But in that setting, Moses says there is one God who created the world with intent and purpose. It's not an accident. It's not a fight. And he creates the world to be beautiful. And, and it starts out in Genesis 1. It says that God created the heavens and the earth. But before that, it was void, and there was this expanse and this darkness and this chaos. In God's presence, God's almightiness, God's power, speaks it into beauty, into order, into organization. And then he creates you and I, you and I. And guess what? We're the masterpiece of that story. Now, I don't know if you look in the mirror and be like, masterpiece. When I, when I wake up in the morning, you, know, you ever watch the sunrise here in Oklahoma? It's, it's quite beautiful, right? And, and if you've seen it, and maybe you're going to work and, and you're in awe. And you're like, maybe think to yourself, God, wow, I mean, wow. Who am I? I'm like a speck of dust. Actually, we're the masterpiece. So when I rise in the morning, Becky looks at me and she's in awe. <laughs> and she thanks God. I don't, probably not, but that's what I tell myself. So, we're the masterpiece. And, and the reason is chapter 1, verse 27. In the image of God, we've been created. Men and women. That was pretty bold back then. I guess it still is now, I guess. In a world of all these chaos and gods and, and a mess and pettiness and cruelty and abuse, 
God created humanity, men and women, in the image, uniquely equal in the image of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let's, let's put that in its setting. Then God said, now we're at chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to read through 28 and 27. It's right in the middle there, okay? Then God said, as he's creating the world and he gets the humanity, let us make mankind, humanity, in our image, in our likeness. Now listen to this. Here's why. Here's why we're uniquely different than the animals. Why we're uniquely different than the rest of creation. So that they may rule. So they may rule over the fish and the sea, the birds, the skies, livestock, wild animals, basically everything. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over it. So you're filling the blanks. Here it is. You want to know why you're created? What you exist to do? We were created and empowered to rule. That's right. To rule. Now, to be fair, words like rule and and subdue and dominate, those don't bring warm, fuzzy feelings, do they? Those are negative. You often associate things like destruction, abuse, violence, power, conquering. Nothing positive. Yet, if I'm misreading this, it says that God made us specially different in his image so that we may rule. If it's negative, and it is, I mean it is, if we think about humanity, any time we rule anything, it's a, it's a horrible endeavor, right? It's, it's a horrible endeavor. So if it's negative, yet it sounds that we were created to do it, something has gone wrong. Now, back to the image of God. Here's what I think that means. I don't think it means like we look pretty like God, I don't know, maybe, but... What I think it means is God created us in his likeness. So something of God empowers and gives us the ability to rule well. You understand God is Lord. Most often we think when we're talking about Jesus, Lord. It is in Genesis that the word Yahweh, which means Lord, is used to describe God. So God rules well. Something of that is put in us. We could call the image of God maybe a skill set. The ability to manage the demands of reality. The ability to rule our existence. But according to God. Well, that's not how we've been ruling. It's not. So what went wrong? Well, now, here we are, point two. Uh, Before I fill in in the blank, think with me here. Genesis 3, okay? We know that the story of the fall 
Eve is walking around one fine Monday, because if the world's going to you know, go to the mess, might as well be Monday. So it's Monday, she's walking around, and she comes to this tree. And it's the one tree, the one, the one thing that God says, no touching. Don't play with it, don't eat it, don't mess with it, because you will surely die. Whatever happens there will bring death and destruction and pain and suffering. Tempting. What's with humanity, right? You tell us not to, we want to. And maybe you think to yourself, if I was Adam and Eve, we would never do that. Well, now, now. You ever push back on something you've been told? Speeding, for example. There's plenty of space here when we stand, you know, come forth, so we got room. Speeding. Why do we speed? Occasionally we're just not paying attention. But why do we speed? Because we think somehow whoever decided that speed limit should not have the authority. I should have the authority to decide. Because I'm different. I can, I'm a good driver, unlike most everybody. But so, so I get to, that's the essence of what's going to go wrong here. She walks up, the serpent is crafty, crafty. And the serpent pulls Eve in with this conversation, and it says, is it true that God said you can't do anything? Oh, no, 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 God said we could really just do whatever except this one tree. Right off the bat, casting doubt on God's authority. God's authority is oppressive. It's oppressive. So whatever God is ruling, whatever he put in you, whatever he said is the way to rule, then oppressive. And then there's this moment where the serpent says, you will not surely die, verse 4 and 5, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, God is keeping you from more. There's more to a skill set out there that you could use and then you, like God, could determine what's right. You could be the authority behind your rule. Not rule like God is telling you to with his skill set only. That's true. God didn't want us to know more. Because more is death and pain and suffering and destruction and abuse and dominating in ways that we're all familiar with. But the idea that we could have... Not only do we have the authority to rule, I think God has given us that from day one, but that you and I could be the source of authority to decide how we want to rule. That's the temptation, and still is today. Marriage. Does God have some things to say about that? Yes. Ooh, but I want to decide. Same problem. Raising children, finance, make the list. Makes no difference. Does God say some things about it? Yes. Does he have a skill set that we can have access to to rule those particular topics well? Yes. But we want to decide. We want to be the authority Thus the problem.
So, point two, fill the blank. We have chosen to rule by our own authority. We have chosen to rule by our own authority. That's the problem. That's why the world is a mess. Because instead of just ruling with God's image, with the skill set given by God, we have decided to rule by whatever authority. I think I should rule this way. You and your tribe think you should rule that way. It inevitably conflicts with me and my tribe. And so somebody's going to subdue the other. Welcome to the mess. That's, that, that's, that's where we're at. And it says, so the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom. You gain more. You, you really do. We now have two sides. We, we knew just good. Now we know good and evil. So she took it, gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. First thing to go. They don't burst in flames, mind you, right then, die. I mean, shame enters the world. They hide from each other, from God. And their relationship with each other now is one of contention. God shows up, right? Finds them. God goes to Adam. And and what does Adam do? He blames his wife. What does she do? She blames. I mean, there's, there's this tension now. There's this insecurity. There's this. We get to rule, but. And when God kicks Adam and Eve out, and He's given the list of sufferings and pains and all that mess, do you understand what He's saying now is you cannot be in this, in this environment that I created to be, to be subdued to you. The garden of the, the idea was God's creation was be would be submissive to us. Ever wonder why we're on top of the pecking order? Most animals could end humanity in a matter of if they just mobilized. Thankfully, they don't. Some of us spiders. I mean, they just show up, and most of us would die just out of fear. God put us on top of the pecking order. The entire existence of what He created was to be. Under our rule. Oh, but you want to do it your way? Yeah, and now it's going to fight back. So off you go. Go, go, go. You're going to have weeds everywhere. You're going to have pain at childbirth. It's going to be tough. You go try it. You'll be in charge. That's what the next four stories of Genesis are. The mess. The mess. There's murder. It just goes downhill. Quickly. Because we're trying to rule ourselves, each other, by a skill set not of God. That's where conflict comes from. That's where disunity comes. There's no, there's nothing binding humanity. We're all, why can't our leaders get along? I don't even mean one country against the other. I mean our leaders. Because there's no common skill set. There's no common goal. Well, they all talk the same stuff, but we we can't. We're ruling by our own authority. And my authority is one; yours is another, and we go from there. And and that just kind of there's something there that makes a mess of you of, of of our lives and humanity and marriages and everything else. 
Okay, point number three. I'll give you this right off the bat here. Jesus was anointed. That's the, that's the fill in the blank. Anointed, empowered, tasked to rule. Listen carefully. What Jesus comes and does on this earth is what you and I were supposed to be doing. Jesus is the example of what a human is to be. Of what humanity is. The rest of us, subhumans. I don't mean in terms of value. I mean in terms of life. The way we're living. We're sub what God intended. Look at Jesus. He's still, he's called Lord, you understand? He's called Lord of the church. Is, did he live a life that was oppressing anybody? Abusing people? Using his, his money? his status, his military might? No, because that's not what ruling is supposed to be. Jesus is anointed. He is, in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, that's Peter's message. He says, this one that you killed, Jesus, God made him anointed to be Lord. He's both Lord and Christ. That's what that means. Jesus at his baptism, Matthew 3, he receives God's presence, God's spirit, one could say God's image. Hebrews describes Jesus as the perfect imprint of God. He is the radiance of God's glory. In other words, uh, if you think of God as the sun, okay, out there, and most of us might want to, you know, get a suntan, and the sun is important to our lives, and, you know, life depends upon the sun, okay. None of us can just, you know what, I'm going to get a suntan, I'm just going to fly to the sun. Because we'll burst in flames. I mean, some of us just lay out half an hour, that's the equivalent. But no, we, we can't get that close to God because we're sinful. But God, Jesus is the rays of God that come to us. And we can bask in his rays and we can feel and experience God. Jesus is God's image in the flesh. In a sense like what you and I were supposed to be living. Unlike us who gave in to the temptation of I want to rule by my own authority... Jesus was tempted that way, you understand. Matthew chapter 4 is that temptation. Three times, Satan is basically saying to Jesus, you could rule by your own authority. I mean, I'll help you along. We'll rule together. You don't need to submit to God. Thankfully, Jesus said no. And lived a life of true purpose. So, You and I, let's go back now to to Hebrews 2. Listen to this. Verse 5. It is not to angels that he subjected the world to come, about which he was speaking, but there is a place where someone testified. This is Psalm 8. What is mankind? That you are mindful of them, and the Son of Man that you care. Like, who are we? We seem insignificant, specks of dust. But it's already, right off the first verse there, he's already saying, no, 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 no. I created the world to be subjective to, to to be subject to humanity. 
Yet humanity finds itself a speck of dust, feeling like it's insignificant because of what evil has done. But that's not what it was meant to be. And he continues, you made them, humanity, a little lower than angels. We came into this flesh, okay? You crowned humanity with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. Genesis. And in putting everything under their feet, God left nothing that was not subject to us. We were meant to rule. Yet... At the present, we do not see everything subject to them. The them is us. Humanity. We're not in charge, you mind you, anymore. Like the world's pushed back. We're really specs. I mean, nature can get rid of... I mean, we're just... We feel like nothing because the world's pushing back. We're not in charge. Yet we really want to be. Children push back, don't they? Don't they want to be in charge? We all want to be in charge because God created us to rule. Problem is by what skill set? Because of evil, we're not really in charge. We're just ruining each other. We're destroying each other. That's what we're doing in our attempt to rule, but with the wrong skill set. Yet at the present, once again, we're, we're not. It's not all subject to us. Okay, but we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while. He too came in the flesh. That's the lower of the angels. He came in this mess. But now you crowned him with glory and honor because he suffered death, so by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. He subjected himself to what you and I deserve, which is death, because we've been ruling each other by evil skill set. But Jesus came in the same setting as we did, but did not give in to the temptation to rule by his own authority. Instead, he submit, submitted his, himself to God. How weird is that? We will truly rule if we truly submit. Think about that. You want to rule? Submit to God then you'll rule. Then you'll truly do what you were created to do. What does that mean? Okay, what, what, what does that mean? Whatever circle of influence you have, be it just yourself, you and your family, co-workers, maybe you're in charge of a company, maybe you're in charge of a lot, maybe you're in charge of a little, maybe you're rich, poor, uh, you have a college degree, you don't have a college degree, uh, you have a job, don't have a job, married, not married. None of that really matters. Whatever circle of influence you have, rule that by being submissive to God in how you're to rule that. I'll give you briefly three examples of the way Jesus ruled. Jesus ruled through love, right? John 13, he says, a new command I give. This is to his disciples. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples. By this, all will know that you're ruling the way Jesus came to rule. Love. So rule your children, rule your spouse, that's right, your spouse, your your friends by love, 
Not by oppression. By God's skill set. Uh, number two, compassion. Matthew 9, Luke 15. It's the story of it's Jesus went throughout the towns and villages showing compassion for people. That's how he ruled. Service. Mark 10, there's this whole conversation between Jesus and his disciples. Is this, the disciples are arguing who's the greatest. I bet Jesus shook his head and just like, uh. No. You want to be the greatest? Serve. You want to be number one? Be last. You want to be on top? Be a slave. Because even the Son of Man did not come to to be served, but to serve. Do you understand? It It doesn't take money. It doesn't take power. It doesn't take a job. It doesn't take the absence of a job. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, rich, poor, young. It makes no difference. Wherever you're at, rule. Oh, but maybe we're still ruling with the wrong skill set. Do you understand at baptism, Acts 2.38, what happens to us? Yes, through Jesus, we respond to baptism. To Baptism is our response to Jesus. Death, burial, and resurrection. We come out of that water. First, we're immediately made right in the eyes of God. That's great news. Because we're a mess. Two, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's image comes back. We have access once again to the skill set of God. How amazing is that? Where you might think of yourself insignificant, you're not. I'm not rich. Doesn't matter. I got it. Doesn't matter. Wherever you're at, to whatever influence you have now, Help, just like in the beginning, the world was chaotic and God's presence, His Lordship brings it back into beauty and order and submission to Him. That's what we're tasked to do today. Every corner of the world, wherever influence you have, rule it back into submission. Bring the chaos, bring the mess, bring the destruction back into submission to God's rule. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Everything else, just froth, just fluff. That's why. The question to you is, by what skill set have you been ruling? It's not going well. I'm going to go on a limb and say, not by God's. And if you haven't yet given your life to Christ, you can once again have access to God's image. The skill set comes back. So you can then truly fulfill why you exist. Maybe this is the time for you. Why don't you come as we stand and sing?